Hello, I am Pastor Nicholas Wright of Covenant Love Christian Center. I invite you to join me now in the Word with Pastor Nick. I want to somewhat pick up where we left off. We're talking about finishing out 2020 and figuring out what's going on. And it is important that we figure out what's going on. We are the navigators for the rest of the world. And if we don't know what's going on, they sure not going to know what's going on. We're navigators for those in the church who don't care much about seeking God's face and who are satisfied with whatever's going on in their lives. We're to be instigators in their lives and challenge them not to lie dormant or settle for where they are and what they're doing. So I want to take you back to January as we start here. And just start off with this. You can turn your Bibles to Matthew 8 while we're doing this. Clear vision begins with knowing the Lord, his nature, how he thinks, and how he does things. We can't know where we're going if we don't know the heart, the mind, and the eyes of the one who lives on the inside of us, who's our guide, what his nature is about. What causes his heart to move? So if we're going to see clearly, we have to know him, his nature, how he thinks and how he does things. God reveals himself in and through his word. That's the way he does things. To him, foundations, seeds, roots, plants, and growth are a turn on to him. A lot of people need to learn this about the Lord. He's not just a God of miracles. He's a God who likes to see things grow. You got to get that. Miracles, really what they are, they're an intervention into the normal course of life. When we have jacked things up or we hadn't taken responsibility, that's when we need miracles. But they're not the normal course of life. We need them. We have to have them. Because all of us in this place and everybody in the sound of my voice and out there in the world, all of us have messed up and messed some things up in life and got them out of order where God is concerned. And so he will do the miraculous to get us back on course. But then once we get back on course, we have to live like he thinks. Which is sowing seeds. Watering them. And watching things grow along with him. That's why spiritual maturity is such a big deal with him. Because that represents growth and development into something that he calls a mature tree or a plant. Or something that he can build on for you and anybody else. You think about the parable of the sower. He makes it real clear. He says the kingdom of God. So is the kingdom of God. He says so is the kingdom of God. Not just a piece of it, but the kingdom of God. As if a man should cast seed into the ground, sleep and rise day and night. He doesn't know how that that seed grows up, but it grows up little bit by little bit. And eventually there's a tree that fruit grows on. And that really is to be the story of our lives, y'all. From the time we come into the kingdom of God, that seed is sown in us. That we're to grow and to grow and then come to a place where there's fruit hanging off our trees that other people can eat of that fruit and then take the seed that's in that fruit and plant something in their lives. And we just have all these wonderful trees and gardens growing all over the place that God gets happy about. 
Hallelujah. Wow, man. He's a builder. He's a builder. In Ephesians 2, we see that we are built upon the apostles, the foundation of the apostles and prophets. This church is built on. He says we're to grow up into Christ in all things. Hallelujah. As you receive the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So he's a builder. All right. Satan has always attempted to challenge the word of God. Now, for us to stand strong and not be deceived, we must know the Lord and how his mind works. First Corinthians chapter two, verse 16 is a really, really, really interesting scripture, really cool, because he said, Paul says, who for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? And then he says something really, really, really rocking. He says, but we have the mind of Christ. Good Lord. (laughs) He said, we have the mind of Christ. But put, put that in your meditator and confessor. And work it. We have the mind of Christ. So now, remember this. The word of God and the spirit of God are always working together. Now, as we look to decipher what is going on in the world, the couple of things that will always be helpful. God is trying to help us, y'all. Trying to help the church. Trying to help his people. Number one. Follow the money trail. First Corinth, excuse me, first Timothy 610 says what? For the love of money. Is a root of all evil. Which while some have coveted after they have erred straight away from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So if the love of money is the root or some translations say a root, regardless of which way it is, the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil. So when you find evil all over the place, one of the things you're always going to look for is the love of money. Somehow it's in there. It's in there somehow. So with all this garbage going on around us right now, somehow or another, the love of money is in it. Now, the, uh, the key is to trace who, who, who's the one that's orchestrating that love right now, the love of money, and find him, pinpoint him, and then we figure out how to deal with what's going on. It's real simple. <laughs> For hundreds of years, there have been several, just a handful of people that have been con- controlling things. Second thing is follow the lusts, strong, unchecked desires of the flesh. Second thing. You know why? Because men without God working in their lives like they sh- he should be, Men and women are greedy. And the desires that God has given us that are good, men will pervert those to where they become lust instead of just strong desire is not bad. It's just when it becomes that which is contrary to what God desires, we get it out of place and it becomes terrible. Let's look at this one scripture together. First John two fifteen through 17. He says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, 
the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Now, look at that right there. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and the pride of life. When you find those things working in people, you find folks looking to control folks, take advantage of people and all they care about is themselves. It's real simple. Real simple. This will cause folks to oppress one another, to defraud one another, to try to control one another. It's really, really simple. So somebody wanting to make you wear a mask and kill yourself, ain't no love in that at all. There's no love in that. There's no looking out for you in that. There's only a looking out for somebody else trying to work with the devil to steal, kill, and destroy. It's real simple, guys. So you take, take those two things in your own life as you look at what's going on around you and pray about things. Keep those two things in mind. Because it will always lead you to being able to figure out what's going on and what's wrong. And then how to make sure you're not taken advantage of and then to help other people out of the spider web that the enemy has designed for them. The world passes away in all its lust, but he that does the will of God is going to hang around forever. He'll abide forever. All right. Now, I want us to read Matthew 8 from verse 24. This is going to be really good. It is already, but it's going to be all right. The Holy Spirit is a master teacher, guys. He knows exactly how to put stuff together. And you know what? All I want to do... Is roll with him when it comes to this word. That's all I want. Matthew 8 from verse 24. And behold, well, let's go ahead and start from verse 23. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. Isn't that contradictory? Lord, we perish. <laughs> Lord, save us, we perish. And he said unto them, look at what he said. Why? Ask him a question. He said, why are you so fearful? <laughs> oh, ye of little faith. Then he arose, rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? Now, we think we've gotten far away from the way that God designed things and uh, far away from the knowledge of God. But these guys were just as far away from it as us today. Because they went, what, can, what manner of man is this? Well, the same Genesis that we read <laughs> is the same Genesis that they would have read and should have known even better than we do because it was their book. And it was the book that told them that man was given dominion and authority. And they said, what manner of man is this? Why do you think Jesus was sleeping? Because if something like that came up, he would have expected them to do what he did and let him chill. The man be working hard. <laughs> he deserved a nap just like anybody else. <laughs> they came and woke him up with something that they should have handled, just like it is in a lot of our lives. We've been given power and authority and dominion. We're going to wake, Lord, Lord, Lord. Lord, I'm perishing. He said, why don't you take what I gave you and use it? 
But anyway, this is a really, really interesting situation because that word tempest is a real, really, really interesting word. It's a word that in the Greek is seismos. And of course, if you know anything about earth, how do I, how do I measure earthquakes? Okay. So we didn't have just wind. We had a wind or a gale of wind that was caused by an earthquake. I mean, the devil is out to get Jesus and out to get those that walk with him, and he'll do anything. But this is what he rose up on the sea. It, was an, it wasn't just windy. It was an earthquake. You don't think we got authority over stuff? Boy, boy. Boy, boy. So he asked this question. He said, why are you so fearful? Why are you so fearful? Do we need to ask ourselves that question? Maybe we should put it like this. Maybe you should ask your neighbor. Are you so fearful? <laughs> and then if they got fear in their lives, well, maybe you need a spirit of discernment this morning. You might say, why are you so fearful? Interesting question Jesus would ask. Why are you so fearful? Fear is a major tool that Satan uses when it comes to dealing with mankind. If you don't know that, you are sleeping today. You are in a sleep and we need to wake you up. Because fear is what is behind everything that's going on right now. I was telling someone the other day, I remember back in the 90s. Now you talk about prophetic ministries. But I remember back in the 1990s, Brother Kenneth Copeland started waging a war on fear. Some of you might remember that. Some of you might remember that. Some of you weren't born yet, but some of you might remember that. <laughs> it worked. Some of you remember that. And we're talking about something happening close to 30 years ago. You don't think God knows how to get his people ready if they'll listen? In the light of something like that, and people sitting up under a ministry like that, that took years to go and pound fear. There ought not be no fear working in anybody that sat up underneath that ministry. Zero, zilch, not a bit. <laughs> See here? Even with us today, what we say and what we hear today it's important that we grasp it, hold on to it. You know how much longer you're going to be around, but I'm going to tell you what, how much, however much longer it is, you're going to be building from today forward. And so we need to pay attention and keep on and hold on to what God sows into our lives. Because everything he sows into our lives is important, and it represents either a seed being planted, something being watered, a foundation or increase that needs to come up out of the ground. Hallelujah. Now, fear is inverted, perverted faith. What it actually is, is faith in the ability of darkness to harm you. See, it's a kind of faith. Yeah, it is. It's not the faith of God, but it is a kind of faith because you have to have faith in something and its ability to be able to hurt you to be walking in fear. 
And that faith that you have in that thing and its ability to hurt you is greater than your belief and trust in God being able to keep you. That's right. So really, to be honest, it's faith on either side of the coin. It's just what you believe in, trust in, rely upon. It is confidence in what is negative and will bring harm or manifestations of death. See, fear is always going to lead to the ultimate, which is death of some sort or another. That's the way the enemy is designed. He really couldn't help it himself because when he sidestepped walking with God, that's what automatically became a part of him. So everything out of him is fearful and working towards death. Either ceasing to exist or separation from God or a combination of the two. And he can't even help it. That's his nature. That's why we need to understand that he is afraid of you, me, every believer. And when we stand up and rise up in boldness, one of the things he has to do is back off. Because he is fear itself. See, in many believers' lives, we need to wake up and turn this thing around and point it right back at the one who's the source of the fear and give him a little bit of his own medicine. Get all up in his face. Don't back down from him. Don't back down from him. He's the one who's in terror. And I'm going to tell you what, when people on this land, just, just, just let's stand up in boldness and say, no. The new world order will back off until a more opportune time. So it becomes important to band together in righteousness and what is right and what is true. It's got to happen. Fear is, satan- excuse me. Fear is the satanic spirit that torments the mind. Fear torments the mind. When you get to walking in fear, your mind can't figure out what you need to do, how you're going to do it. You lose sight of God. You lose sight of the word. You lose sight of his promises. You lose sight of even things that he's done for you in the past. Fear will mess up and torment your mind. It'll blind you, put you in the fog. That's why it's got to be shut down in our lives. It cannot be allowed to operate and have preeminence in our lives. Vitally, fear is its sources. Vitally, its source in man comes from a lack of faith in God's love. Let's read this scripture together. See, over the, 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 the next few or however many weeks it takes, God is going to show us some things about how we need to deal with fear. There's a way to deal with it according to the scriptures. And it's not a haphazard way. It's a way that has an order, structure, development. There's a way to do it. And if you follow what God shares with us, you won't have to worry about being governed by fear. 1 John 4, 16 to 18. I'm just going to touch on it right here. And we have known and believed. 
the love that God has to us. Notice what this scripture says. It tells us two things about the love that God has to us. It says we have known and believed. See, we know the love of God when we receive Jesus as Lord. Like John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes on him shall have everlasting life. Right. All right. So we knew that love when we received the Lord. We somebody told us God loves you. You need to say, OK, we did that. But now believing in that love as you walk your life as a Christian is a whole nother ballgame. Because as we walk, we have to have Faith in the fact that God loves me. Now, if he loves me, how would he ever leave me or forsake me? Hello? So if I'm worried about being forsaken, then I may have known the love of God, but I don't believe in the love's love's ability to be able to keep me. I know that is. It's it's really, really good. (laughs) Sister, we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he, look at this, dwells in love, dwells in God. Yikes! <laughs> so it's like every one of us should be wanting to figure out this love stuff, because if I dwell in that love, I'm dwelling in God. Now, let me ask you a question. Who going to go bump up on God and get in his face and tell him what they're going to do, how they're going to treat him and beat him down? Ain't no devil got that kind of crazy mess going on in his mind. No, they're not going to mess with that. And that's exactly the way God wants us to be, because he goes on later on in the scripture. Well, we'll read into it. (laughs) Here it is, our love made perfect or complete and mature that we may have boldness in the day of judgment Because (laughs) as he is, so are we in this world. Now, check this out. There is no fear. It doesn't say 1% fear. You don't say 1% milk, you know, a little bit of milk fat. No, 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 (laughs) no. He said there is no fear in love, but perfect love (laughs) casts out fear. Because what fear, notice, has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. <laughs> so we're going to deal with this, but I, we had to do this in, in passing here. We got to put this out here. Hold that in your heart and in your mind. See, so fear's source in man comes from a lack of faith in God's love. Not just a lack of faith, just faith as we would talk about it, but a lack of faith in God's love for me, for you, for all of us. Fear promotes bondage. If we walk in fear, we get locked up in jail. Can't produce what faith and love have designed for us to produce in our Christian lives. Fear brings bondage. Look at Romans 8.15. You can look at the other scripture in Hebrews 2 at some time. But Romans 8.15, let's look at that one together.
Romans 8, 15 says, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Now, notice there was a time that we were in that bondage and in that fear. That's when we were outside of Christ. You can't help but be a part of that if Satan is your God. So what God is saying here through Paul, he said, we didn't receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. You know what would be helpful to us just in passing here is if we would learn to incorporate that as a confession and a proclamation in our lives and just from time to time just say, Abba, Father, Abba, Father, Abba, Father, Abba, Father, my daddy, my father, Abba, Father. Maybe some of us should try that. Maybe take this week. And make that a vital part of what you say in your fellowship with the Father and what you confess about him in your life. Just see what happens. Can you do that? Just see what happens. Wake up in the morning, Abba Father. Or just during the day, Abba Father. Just, 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 Abba Father. Abba Father. And we should do it anyway because the Bible tells us that we receive the spirit of adoption whereby we cry out, Abba Father. So if the Holy Ghost is in our lives, then that should be something that comes out of us. Abba, Father. Because the Spirit of God, who made us a part of the family of God, when he came to live inside of us, he put that in us for it to come out of us. Abba, Father. My daddy, my father. Abba, Father. You're quiet. Hallelujah. Fear's origin in man goes back to the Garden of Eden. Let's look at what happened back then, Genesis 3. We all in here, I'm sure, know the illustration the scripture gives us. But there's something in it that we have to see out of what happened when Adam and Eve decided to walk in disobedience. What happened to them? All right, we know the whole deal with the serpent. We know the temptation and all that kind of stuff. All right, but let's go down to verse 9. Well, take it back. Let's, go, let's do verse 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the, excuse me, the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Say, so your homie, where you at, man? We be fellowshipping. We, 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 I'm, I'm coming to the spot. We're in the cool of day. That word cool is the word ruach in the, in the, in the Hebrew. I don't know if you know that. It's the ruach. The word ruach is spirit. So it's like God came and said, hey, I'm, I'm coming here to, for this time of fellowship we normally have. They were somewhere else. And so they were somewhere else, and they were hiding from God. Imagine that. <laughs> How you going to hide from God? <laughs> I think we all have tried in some way or another, but you can't do it. <laughs> we know what David said. He said, if I'm in heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you're there. If I'm in the grave, you're there. Wherever I am, you know where I am. <laughs> Why we try, I don't know. 
sometimes we try to do it from each other, and God just open up and tell somebody, you know, this is what you did with it. <laughs> he just tell on you. <laughs> just to let you know, he know where you are. <laughs> What's going on with you? My God. Same way, the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? No, he ain't calling Eve. He called Adam. He said, where you at, boy? What's up, dude? And look, but check this out. And he said, I heard your voice in the garden. It's a voice that he was familiar with. And the time he was familiar with it, it didn't cause him to run. He said, I heard your voice. And I was what? Afraid. Because I was naked and hid myself. So that disconnect from God. Caused love and faith to be moved out of the way. And what was replaced with is fear. But now notice the fear that it was replaced with. A fear of the father, the creator himself. That is the nastiest thing that the enemy has come up with where this fear is concerned. To get men and women to be afraid of the one who created them. Now you, we can take that to another level in our own lives. And say, now, if I'm going to let the enemy rule my life with fear, what? Wait, 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 wait. That's, I'm going to be afraid. And you know what? People, Christian people still have in their mind the fright of God. We're not talking about reverence and respect for him. We're talking about being afraid of him. God don't want you to be afraid of him. I said, God don't want you to be afraid of him. What righteous father wants his children to be afraid of him? Reverence, respect, yes. Fear, no. Any child that cannot approach their own earthly father, something's wrong with that. Because that father should be approachable. Hello? He's not out to hurt, harm, shouldn't be. Now, if he is, that's another story. There's something wrong with the daddy. But see, God is not out to hurt anybody. He's a father. And love is who he's made of. So for us or anybody on earth to be afraid of God, that is a perversion, a serious one. And God never meant for any man, woman, boy or girl to be afraid of him. How are you going to trust somebody that you're scared of? See, this is what happened, what happened in the Garden of Eden. And that's what's going on now. Even so many people have had this kind of stuff pumped into them and talked about and, and Job and all this kind of stuff. And they have no idea what really is going on. And so they become afraid of God. If they do something, God's going to get you. He's going to get me. He's going to get me. He don't need to get you. If we do evil, we get ourselves. Because we're getting tangled in the cords of our own sins, what the Bible says. So he don't need to get you. God ain't going to get you. I mean, he's hiding behind the door and you walk, boo, I'm God, I'll get you for what you did. <laughs> That's not the way he, he's not like that. <laughs> Matter of fact, what he want to do is manifest himself say, hey, I'm here, right here, with you and for you. <laughs> not behind the door, you don't want to play like some kind of spook. So now, this is what happened in the garden. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Where is the Lord? 
Right? Now, Jesus asked the question. He said, why are you so fearful? Oh, ye of little faith. So let's ask ourselves a question. Where is the Lord? Now, on the new covenant side of this thing, we know that God is inside of us. Right. That is a truth. That is a lawful legal, whatever you want to use, whatever word you want to use. That's a lawful thing. You, 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 if, if you're in Christ, then Christ is in you. If you received him as God, he come, came to live inside of you. There is no other way that this salvation works. When you say, Jesus, I receive you as the Lord of my life, you become, I become, we become individually and corporately the temple of the Holy Spirit. God comes to dwell inside something he could not do in the Old Testament. He can influence people's minds. He can come on them and anoint them. But the way wasn't made for them to be in God to be inside of man. But now in the new covenant, we find Colossians 127 says Christ in you. Right. The hope of glory. We have Philippians 213 says it's God who's at work in you to willing to do of his good pleasure. So on this new covenant, we know he's in us. No problem. Bam. Shut the door. <laughs> Close it. Lock it. Sealed issue. Should never be any doubt about it. But now there's the other side of it, and this is we could call this the vital side of the deal. So the Lord is present with us as we are intimate with his word. See, there's always going to be a lawful and a vital side to our redemption in everything. There are things that are done that cannot be undone because of the finished work of Christ. But we don't all experience all of them because they're not living and real in our lives. There has to be there's supposed to be outward expression of what took place inside and what Jesus did for us lawfully through his redemptive work. And that part of it has a lot to do with us and how we receive what God says to us by his word, by his spirit. So the Lord is present with us vitally or in a living way as we are intimate with his word. Now, let's look at Psalm 118, verse six, and we will. And, and also at, at Isaiah 41. Psalm 118, verse six, we ask the question, where is the Lord? All right. This is the way the psalmist said, I'm going to tell you, he, he said, I'm going to tell you what I think about it. Verse 18, verse 6 of Psalm 118, he said, the Lord is on my side. And as a result of that, he said, I will not fear. So if the Lord is on my side or if he's for me. Remember, Paul put it this way. If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not also with him freely give us all things? So he said, the Lord is on my side. And because of that, he said, I will not fear. So obviously our will is going to play a part in this. I've got to make a decision. I am not going to be afraid. I will not to fear. Oh, that looks like I got a part to play in that. Oh, look at there. 
So it ain't God that's just going to come busting on the scene. Don't you be afraid. Don't you be afraid. Don't you be afraid. I got you. I got you. I got you. No. I'm going to have to make a decision. I will not fear. So when fear approaches and we know it's not of God, it should be this wall goes. (laughs) I will not fear. Mm hmm. Okay, let's try um, Isaiah 41 from verse 10. Somebody should say this. I will not fear. Why? Because the Lord is on my side. The Lord is for me. If he ain't for you, I don't care. (laughs) I know he's for me. You better get together. <laughs> so we should, that's the psalmist said it, that's scripture. I have a right to say, the Lord is on my side, I will not fear. So just like I should say, Abba Father, Abba Father, I should say, the Lord is on my side, I will not fear. The Lord is for me, I will not be afraid. He, he went on and said, the Lord takes my heart part with them that help me. Therefore, shall I see my desire on them that hate me? Then he said, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. That would, that's what he said in those following verses. And then he talked about other nations compassing them about and like bees. But he said, in the name of the Lord, I'll destroy them. So it don't matter how many are against you. Remember, Psalm 191 says, a thousand shall fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not come near me. Only with my eyes shall I behold and see the reward of the wicked. We ain't got nothing to be afraid of. Nothing. 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 Isaiah 41 from verse 10. Fear thou not. Uh Oh, here it is. For I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed against you shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing. And they that strive with you shall perish. You shall seek them. And shall not find them. Even them that contended with you, they that war against you shall be as nothing and as a thing of naught or nothing. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying unto you, fear not, I will help you. (laughs) He said, I'll grab you by the right hand. You need to feel me? Okay, I'll grab you by your right hand. And I'll tell you, don't be afraid. All you're going to get out of God, if you're facing some kind of challenge, he's going to tell you, don't be afraid. That's the first and foremost thing. If we go through the scriptures, we'll find out how many times in the Bible he says, fear not, fear not. I I challenge you. I dare dare you, double dog dare you. Take some time this week to look at, go into a, get a concordance and look at fear not and see how often it is in the Bible. It will get you. When angels came on the scene, they said, fear not. Don't be afraid. (laughs) 
Wow. Now, let's take a couple of, look at these couple of these scriptures. And I want us to observe the relationship between the word of God and fear not. That's why the word is so important to us. Let's observe the relationship between the word and fear not. All right. Joshua chapter one. I'm just opening the can of beans for everybody. There's a whole lot more in it than these few scriptures that I'm sharing with you today. Joshua one, eight and nine. You know what? I want to start at verse 6. Let's do that. Because this is what happened. Moses died, and Joshua was next, next up. And God told him, you know, and you, you, you got to think, I, I kind of like to put, you know, trimmings and stuff on this, you know, because these guys were real in life just like we are. Now, you think about Moses being the leader and Joshua walking with him, experiencing what Moses did being, you know, right there in a lot of those situations and, and, and Moses mentoring him, so to speak. But now Moses is gone. And God has appointed you to finish the job that Moses didn't finish. And when you look at all the stuff that God did through Moses, you can might you might think, who in the world am I? Come on now, you might think like, OK, wait, 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 this man, man, this cat had a had a serpent that gobbled up all of them sorcerers. And he was a guy who was on this mountain, and the glory of the Lord was on it. He was up there 40 days and 40 nights on a couple occasions, right? And, and, like, and he came back glowing one time. And, and wait, wait a minute. He, this guy held out, held out a rod in the sea, cut in half, and there were seawalls on each side of us, and we went through on dry ground. I mean, it wasn't even muddy. You think about that? I mean, it's, it should have been muddy, but they went through on dry ground. <laughs> and so here we think, we, we think about it. Think about all the stuff that he, he observed. And then God said, OK, Moses, my servant is dead. Your turn. <laughs> he might be. God, I'm, me, me, Joshua, me. Just like anybody else would think carnally or naturally. But from verse six, God says, be strong and of good courage or very courageous for unto this people. You shall divide for an inheritance. See, Moses divided the sea, but you're going to divide for this land. This land is an inheritance. Which I swore unto the fathers, their fathers to give them only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Now, check this out. This book of the law, or the word of God, shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success." Have not I commanded you? Now, this is a commandment. Be strong and courageous and be not afraid. So now check this out. Fear, walking in fear is not an option with God. Walking in fear is not an option with God. 
He commands him. He said, don't be afraid. That might put a different slant on it for some of us. Because we might think we got an option to be fearful. But when he said, that's a command not to fear, it's like, I need to do something about fear if it's operating in my life. Hello, amen. Anybody here? Just checking on. Okay. Have not I commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. But now notice what preceded that. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. So if he's going to be with us in a vital and living way, this word becomes very, very important that I do what he said with it, meditate on it day and night, keep it in my mouth, shoot it out my mouth. That's how God is going to be with me in a living, vital way. If I don't take time with the word, I'm sure not going to have issues. Not only with other things, but I'm going to have issues with fear. So the tools are there. It's now up to me to use the tools. That's what we're dealing with. So if I walk out here and I'm afraid, of course, none of y'all in here have this issue. If I walk out in there, some people walk out in there and they're afraid of some virus flying through the air. Oh, God, it, God, it. If I'm walking around, I'm scared of that. As a believer, okay, then... I need to come back to the book and see what God told me about how to deal with what I'm afraid of. Because I'm not supposed to be afraid of it. I'm not supposed to be afraid of bacteria. I ain't supposed to be afraid of poverty, lack, accidents. I'm driving along down the street, and all of a sudden you see something flash in front of your mind. You rebuke that mess right on the spot. Take dominion So now, look at Proverbs 3, 21 through 26. Another scripture. Just observe the relationship between the word of God and fear not. This book is so full, my brothers and sisters. God is so full of good stuff from God. Proverbs 3 from verse 21. My son, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. There it is, the word of God again. The word of God is called sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then shall you walk in thy way safely and thy foot shall not stumble. When you lie down, you'll not be afraid. So we're not supposed to lie down and go to bed thinking something going to get us while we ain't sleep. Something going to come through my window and get me. <laughs> so they're going to send a drone and shoot something through my window while I'm sleeping. They'll break the power of that mess. Because he said, here's what he said here. He said, now, if we keep sound wisdom and discretion, that, that, that word is going to be life to my soul, grace to my neck. I walk in my way safely, and when I lie down, I won't be afraid. In other words, I'm expect God to keep me in my sleep. Come on down, glory to God. Yes, you shall lie down 
and your sleep shall be sweet. In other words, fear won't be an interruption to your sleep. Hallelujah. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it comes. Why? For the Lord shall be your confidence and shall keep your foot from being taken. Notice he'll be your confidence. <laughs> confidence. See, I only use this stuff as illustration. I don't, I don't care about nobody else. I'm not trying to talk about anybody else what they're doing. But when I walk into these stores, I'm walking in with confidence and I'm walking in unmasked. And yesterday evening, I went into a Sprouts over there in South Lake. When I walked in, but nobody there at the door. I had my card. I started walking around. I spent a good bit of time walking around there, getting me some groceries, doing what I need to do. And I went over to the health section. I had some questions to ask a lady. And she asked me, she came to me and asked me, the lady worked there. She said, uh, can I help you with anything? I said, well, I'm, I'm all right right now. Then I asked her something, and I went away. And I came back again to ask her another question. And I went to ask her, and she started backing off. And the reason she started backing off is because the manager was coming up the aisle with his little box. I thought, you hypocrite. She was smiling and all nice and everything. But when I went back, I asked her another question. And she, I mean, she started backing off like I had the plague. Just like I'm backing off right now. And she did it quick. I mean, she, And so I looked to my side. Oh, here, and he said, oh, could I offer you a mask? I said, I don't wear them. I said, excuse me, I, I said, for health reasons, I don't wear them. He said, well, it's a policy in our store, you know, blah, 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 blah. I said, well, you know what, I'll just get my groceries and pay for them and I'll go. I had, about every, I had everything I needed anyway, so I got my stuff. And I, when I left, see, I bring these CDs and stuff with me. I keep stuff with me. So when I, when I was leaving, I, I said to him, I want you to listen to this, please. I said, I ain't got nothing against you. He said, yeah, I'm just doing my job. He said, I work for this corporation. This is the way they want the stuff done. I said, I understand that. I said, but this is for you. I want you to listen to it. For this is for you personally. It's those same CDs I had, had out to y'all. It's got David Icke on them where he broke down this coronavirus deal stuff. He said, you know, I appreciate it. He said, I'm going to take it. I'm going to listen to it. But see, I'm going to tell you what. I don't care what any man or any woman has to say. If what God has said to you from his word and you've taken it and ingested it. And if you put it in there and allow it to shape you, there will be a boldness that rises up in your life. You don't have to try to manufacture it. We can't manufacture it. We can do two things. We can pray and ask God for it and we can ingest that word and it will cause it to rise up in us because we got the lion of the tribe of Judah living inside of us. Come on, he's living in us. He's not scared. And he didn't give me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So who's living in me ought to come out of me. And when he lives in me and comes out of me, devils have to leave. It's that simple. It's that simple. But I hear this word becomes so important to us, guys. We've got to take time. Now, let's finish with this. For faith in the Lord to be strong and vital and to keep fear from infecting our minds, we must give adequate attention to the word. We must. If we are not going to be governed by fear like the world is, 
if faith in the Lord is going to be strong, I, there's no way in the world I can do it without the word of God. Now, folks, this is important to us because in, in many of our lives, there are so many things that are there to captivate our attention. And some of them are good things. But if we let even the good things have too much attention, then we keep ourselves away from what is going to bring us what we need, freedom, deliverance, dominion, whatever it is that is of God. We don't get catch that vitally. So I'm not here to tell you you need to take an hour a day in the word. You need to take two hours. You need to take four. You need to take two minutes. Oh, that's not what I'm here for. You need to do <laughs> whatever is adequate for you to know on the inside of you that confidence in God is risen in that area. And that when you go out in the streets, that's just as an example, when you go out, when you go out and you know you're not walking in fear, when you go on out, you know something what's working in you and around you. If you're timid about something, then it's like, hmm, okay, I need to figure out where I need to go. We got a handful of scriptures to start working with today if we need them. Some of us already have some of them, but whatever. You know what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying, right? All right. So we need to do what it takes on our part. And if it takes you having to turn your TV off, if it takes you having to shut down social media for a while or put some limits on yourself, if it takes you having to skip a meal, whatever it takes is what I'm saying. Whatever it takes, whatever you've got to do, because that's what's important, whatever I have to do so that this becomes more real to me than them foul spirits flying all around the place trying to shut God down and shut me down. Do what you got to do. That's that should be. I'm going to do what I got to do. Whatever I got to do. Because, folks, this is not God all by himself. We are laborers together with him. And so I have to do my part. Let's look at a couple of scriptures here. John Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17. You don't know where it is located. You know what it is when we read it. Oh, I know that scripture. Because ain't nobody in here that hadn't heard it. <laughs> Romans 10, 17. There's going to be a lot of understanding in this one right here. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, my answer a question for some people today. Yes, I'm going to answer a question. You figure, okay, why is it that I ain't scared and somebody else is? Well, maybe you have taken time to deal with that area and deal with fear, but somebody else hasn't. Why? Because they ain't in the scriptures like that. It's real simple. <laughs> it's real simple. So don't fly off the handle and get all upset. With some of you may have a friend, acquaintance, family member, whatever. The, the answer is right there. Ain't no word, no hearing it, no embracing it, ain't no faith. So if I got a fear problem, I got a word problem. I'm saying again. If I got a fear problem, 
I got a word, bro. It's real simple. So our encouragement to one another should be, go to the word of God. Spend time with the word. Find out what the word says about your fear. And then once you find out what it says about your fear, see, folks, what what I always keep in mind, guys, we're not wrestling with flesh and blood. I know that we know that scripture, but we have to be reminded constantly with that. Because a lot of times we bump up against flesh and blood and we bump up against what spirits are working through flesh and blood. And we think flesh and blood is our problem. Flesh and blood is not the problem. Flesh and blood may be believing certain things that are not of God, but they're not the problem. The problem, excuse me, is a lack of knowledge of what God has said in somebody else's life or my own. So how do we fix it? My grandson, how do you fix it? How are we going to fix it? We're going to fix it by going to the book and embracing it. This is why I'm, 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 I've been, I've, over the years, I've been so adamant about this. And I tell, I tell everybody, we got all these tools around us, guys. And now we got stuff that's, I mean, you can just pick up your phone and get whatever now. You don't even have to carry around. Now, I remember years ago, I used to, when I would go away, I would, a big part of my luggage would be cassette tapes and CDs. And I, I mean, I'd be weighted down getting on a plane because I wanted my word with me. But I mean, when the iPod came out, I thought, dear God, what a thing, because I could have it all in the palm of my hand. Man, all I had to do was load it up on iTunes, plug that up. That iPod in there, mm, uh, mm, mm. everything's going in it, the music, the word, everything going in there. And now you don't even have to do that. It's like, you got it. even in video form. I had to use Kukulsoft iPod converter. Isn't that right, Dave? Remember that? You remember that? <laughs> to get the DVDs. On there where I can load them up on my iPod. My iPad, my, 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 um, my, 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 my iPod. And now it's like everything is there. So we, we have no excuse. Absolutely nothing. No excuse for not being able to plug in and lock in any time of the day or night. And we don't have to even disturb anybody else. We do. That's why we're going to, there's so much, we're going to be accountable for so much. So I got to make some decisions. How am I going to use that time? Hallelujah. Ain't no bondage. And God's, God's not saying you can't enjoy other things. But what's going to be priority? That's it. Hallelujah. All right, let's go first John four. Let's go back to the scripture. We'll finish here because this is where this is going to be important scripture to us. <laughs> My God, this tastes so good to me today. First ah. John four from verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. 
Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. I want us to say that together. There is no fear in love. Again, there is no fear in love. Now, I emphasize it like this, but let me do it first. There is no fear in love. Do that. There is no fear in love. Now, do it this way again. There is no fear in love. What I'm talking about. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So that's what we're going to be working on. God perfecting that love in us because if perfect love casts out fear, if I'm made perfect in love, then fear ain't got no place. That's what we should want. It has no place. Period. So that means whatever God tap you on the shoulder to do, you do. Some of you may have never walked into a place without a mask on. But now something may get up, up on the inside of you as you're working with this and you think, you know what? Oh, <laughs> well, I feel it today. I, something, something just happened. I feel it. So I'm going into Home Depot. I never walked in there before without a mask on. Guess what? Something got all up inside my jersey. <clears throat> and I feel the boldness of God on me. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to walk in there, and if somebody says something to me, I'm going to teach him something. That's right. I went into a restaurant the other day. My wife wanted something from Saltgrass. And I walked inside there. Walked over, they had, of course, the takeout. You make the orders at the bar. And these two cats are standing over to the left of me. And one of them just started talking. You know, in, a, in, our, in our place, um, you somebody come in a mask. We don't even let them come inside the door with a mask. And he looks at me. <laughs> and he kept saying the same. We said, we don't even let them come. And I, something rose up on the inside. I mean, there was some hot sauce rising up on the inside. <laughs> and I'm serious. I'm just being honest with you. Because I felt like I, I wanted to give him a really, really strong piece of my tongue. But I exercise self-control. And so I, I did. I, really, I was going to say, dude, and what I want to say, do you know that thing is killing you? What you talking? Are you talking to me? Do, why do why, why you want to be a punk? If you got something to say, why don't you say to me, what boy's your mask, dude? That's, that's kind of what I wanted, where I wanted to go. But I didn't go. I put my order in and I went back outside in the car. And I got me some stuff to teach with. <laughs> so I came back inside, started a conversation with him. I said, sir, I'd just, you know, like you to have this, something for you to listen to. I said, matter of fact, it will help you to understand some stuff about what's going on, and even with that mask that you're wearing. I said, yeah, just, then I told him, I said, you know what, I'm a preacher. And I said, I kind of, you know, I like to look for roots and foundations. I want to see what causes stuff to go on. And so in this is some instruction. So he started, you know, tell me a little bit about himself. And, you know, I'm a, he's a Christian man of God. He's got a, all his education, all why he got a master from seminary and all that kind of stuff. So I said, you know what? I said, we're talking about the Lord and how he made us. I said, let me tell you how he made us. I said, he made every one of us with an immune system. And I said, if we do what's right where the gut is concerned, 
there's very little that we need to be concerned about. And I said, so you take care of your terrain. <laughs> I'm not to be worried about anything. I said, let me tell you a little bit about the mask. And he had not only, let me, let me back up a little bit. He didn't only have masks on, but he had plastic gloves on too. I mean, he was heavy clad. So if he had that on too, boy, he just must have been Captain America or Iron Man or something. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just. <laughs> So anyway, I said, here's the deal. I said, let's go back to elementary school, maybe junior high school. I said, what did they teach us in science? I said, oxygen in, CO2 out. I said, if you're not getting enough oxygen in, and then you got your own waste products from your lungs coming back in, what you think is going to happen? And I said, I'm going to tell you a little bit. <laughs> I said, I'm going to tell you a secret, my dad, dude. I said, I'm going to tell you a little secret. I said, fall's going to roll around. Winter's going to roll around. And there are going to be a bunch of people sick. And they're going to blame it on Corona. And I'm going to here to tell you it ain't got nothing to do with Corona. What it has to do is people having weakened and compromised immune system. That's what's going to happen. I said, so wake up. He said, I'm, I'm going to take this home and I'm going to listen to it. He said, <laughs> he, he, he said, he said, he, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm a man. I'd like to educate myself. I said, good. So instead of us, you know, because <laughs> I, I really felt like I, I, mean, I thought, dude, you talking to me. Why don't you just tell me what's on your mind? You ain't got to talk to this other guy and then look at me. And so happened, it's funny, the guy that he was talking to, I looked at him, and I, this guy worked at a car dealership where we got cars at from years. And he said, I, thought, I said, I thought that was you. And so, now check it out. This is somebody I knew from way back then. If I had acted out a character, this cat, he'd know who I was. He said, yeah, you, you had the little girl used to come in there. I said, yeah, she married now. He said, what? That's how long he's been there. He was there. He's at a different dealership now. So anyway, let's finish the description. We're going. All right. We love him. Well, fear has told me, he that fears is not made purple alone. We love him because he first loved us. I'll make this up to you, Debbie. <laughs> we love him because he first loved us. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at some of the things that the scriptures have to tell us about how to allow God's love to have place in us to such a way that fear just cannot have its way in our lives. I hope this was helpful to you today. I know it was. So, Father, we bless you and thank you today. Thank you for your words of life. Thank you for words in us that cause us to rise up above circumstances around us that would try to invoke fear and have it rule in our lives. We thank you for showing us the answers that we need to live above it and to help others to live above it as well. And we give you the praise today that you've not given us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. We thank you in Jesus' name. We want to thank you for listening to today's message. For additional messages and as a way for Pastor Nick to bless you with vital information, downloads, and gifts, please visit our website at myclcc.com. 
We invite you to join us again next week for The Word with Pastor Nick.